Welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. My name's Chantal. And I'm Yimin Chan. And we will be your hosts for this episode. I'm particularly excited to introduce our guest tonight, uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Elena Hillman, who's joining us from the Masters in Public Administration program. Welcome, Elena. Oh, thanks so much, guys. I'm really excited to be here. (laughs) All right. So first off, could you tell us a little bit about the uh, Masters of Public Administration program? What, What is that? Uh, Yeah, for sure. So at Western, um, they have a special master's of public admin with a local government focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's part of the reason why I decided to come to Western, just to make uh, my master's a little bit more unique than a lot of the MPAs out there. So um, it's a one year uh, full time program for me with a major research project at the end. Um, So far, it's been really great. I've been meeting really great people. All my professors are wonderful. Um, Same with my supervisor. And um, of course, Western itself is a beautiful school with uh, just. Oh, that's a little lovely. It's uh, it's great to hear that you've been having a good time. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you got interested in public administration? Yeah, for sure. So when I was uh, doing my undergrad um, at Kwantlen University in um, British Columbia, Mm -hmm. I originally was going for uh, criminology, um, and I was working at uh, Halfway House with uh, male parolees, so it was a community-based program. Um, I eventually uh, shifted my focus to psychology, um, and I kind of got into more um, residential alcohol and drug facility work. Um, So with all that experience that I gained, during undergrad, I was able to secure a position with the province of BC in income assistance. Uh, so that was my uh, favorite job so far. Uh, really, I really like supporting clients and uh, working with uh, legislation. And um, everybody that I met there too was really supportive. So I, I really enjoyed that. And I was able to uh, work on a lot of side projects and uh, um, do some standard operating procedures and things like that. So. Um, definitely was one of my favorites. Uh, so after that, I worked briefly in an economic development program, and then finally for uh, Ministry of Municipal Affairs in Alberta. Um, so with that experience, I was kind of interested in the local government stream. So um, that's kind of why I was looking at Western. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's quite a unique program for that local focus? Yeah, it's the only one of its kind in Canada. Very mm-hmm. cool, very cool. Yeah. How have you found the sort of like, that's a, you have a large body of sort of experiential knowledge in this kind of field. Has that so far, I mean, I know you're few, a few months in now, so far has that, you know, been an asset for you in the program? Um, it has been an asset for sure, but I think that um, the way in which the Masters of Public Admin um, is structured, you learn so much more that it really helps you do your job better ah. at the end. So I think really the program complements the work as opposed to the other way around. Fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit about the structure of the program? What does it look like? So it, it's actually really unique as well because um, so the full-time students, there's about 10 of us, mm-hmm. and then the rest, um, I want to say about 17 others um, were mixed with both the part-time MPA and uh, the graduate diploma program. So that actually gives um, the conversations in class a really interesting angle because everybody comes with a different skill set, everybody comes from a different program um, background. Um, So I find that you learn a lot just by being in the same room with everyone. Um, So because of 
the fact that we are with part-time students, we do go to school on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that works out. So we have classes Wednesday to Saturday. Um, and so we have, as for the full-time um, um, people, we have two classes every week at the same time. And then four additional courses um, that are, um, that are carried out over the weekends. So um, once a month, basically. Oh, wow. And is it mostly a course-based program that you're taking? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. What sort of courses? So this semester, I'm taking municipal law, organizational mm -hmm. behavior, advanced local government, um, research methods, program evaluation. Um, and I think I'm missing one. <laughs> <laughs> so advanced local government, is that like advanced knowledge about local government? Yeah, so we talk about the structure, um, the finances, like how, how they, um, how municipal budgets are financed basically. So it's 50% from property taxes, for instance, and then the rest is from um, things like uh, provincial and federal grants. Um, so that would be allocated for things like schools and libraries and so on. Mm -hmm. So basically, how does the government work? How does the city work? Yeah, right behind the scenes kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All oh, right. And is there um, sort of a, an ultimate research-based project at the end of this? Yes, there is. Yeah. So um, a lot of people are taking different directions with it. Of mm -hmm. course, um, I think most of my classmates are looking at a qualitative um, methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm doing a little bit different. So mine is going to be heavily based on statistics. Um, so it doesn't get much more positivist than that. But <laughs> um, yeah. So whereas you're, you're saying your colleagues are looking at a qualitative study, mm -hmm. that's more talking to people, gathering survey data, things like that? Precisely. Whereas you're looking at numbers and statistics. I am, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and what made you choose that route? Um, actually, s well, a few different reasons. Um, I think that I was a little bit uh, put off by the whole ethics process. Mm -hmm. So that was one. Um, not to rag on any ethics processes, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we've had guests do that before. Okay, yes. I'm not. I'm not. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that by any mm -hmm. means. But um, I really, I really wanted uh, experience in quantitative methods, uh, especially with respect to um, regression analysis and uh, doing things like that. So I think that in the future line of work um, that w that will help me have an edge on applicants because um, that's kind of I want to be doing like policy analysis uh, sorry okay. <laughs> policy analysis so I think that that would um, allow me to have the skills for that so that's kind of what I'm looking at and what's the what's the area of uh, interest for your research project what are so, you looking at so I'm looking at social services um, like I mentioned earlier, I was working for income assistance for a long time, and so I'm, that's my main interest. Uh, so in Ontario, uh, what, it really kind of fits in well with my program um, because the Ontario Works has... Um, and what is, what is Ontario Works? So Ontario Works is a short-term financial assistance program for people um, who are in need of short-term help. Okay. So it, it's comprised of a, um, a shelter portion and a support portion. And so with that, you have to meet a certain asset level, of course, um, and be willing to be looking for work. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you're studying that program? So kind of. Um, so I'm going to be looking at employment success rates across the 47 different consolidated service managers. 
Um, so uh, Ontario is comprised of 444 municipalities, right. um, and Ontario Works is delivered through 47 of what's called the Consolidated Service Managers, okay. so CMSM for short. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to be taking a look um, by region um, at the employment success rates and then doing um, a longitudinal analysis within each to determine whether um, there's any spikes in the data over the course of that te- those 10 years. I'll be looking for um, the period of 2003 to 2013. Okay. Um, and then after that, I'm going to be looking at variations between regions. Okay. And yeah. so what, what constitutes employment success? That's a good question. Uh, so, so because I'm going to be working with um, client level data, I will be looking at people who um, clients who are between the ages of uh, 18 to 64, mm-hmm. um, who are able and willing to look for work. So they have an employment plan in place, and um, according to the eligibility criteria, they will need to be uh, attending some sort of employment service program. So with that data, I'm going to be looking at. Um, whether or not a file was coded as employed and closed for a period of at least two months. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about what sort of services, what sort of employment services are available through um, Ontario Works? So they do differ between municipalities, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on. Mm -hmm. But for example, um, in London, um, they, they contract their services out. Okay. So it's going to look a little bit different than places like Toronto, where the clients are able to access both um, income assistance and employment program services in one place. Okay. So the funding model um, with Ontario Works is about 50%. So 50% is funded by the province and 50% is funded by the municipality. Okay. So they're going to they're gonna look different in each region. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ludden, for example... Um, do they offer things like uh, employment workshops? Do they have services to help people find jobs? Is it that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. But they're going to be different um, nonprofits that are going to okay. be offering these services. Okay. Mm-hmm. And different municipalities will have a different size of budget, I'm assuming, as well? Well, yes, because 50% of their um, assessed need is going to be coming from the municipality itself. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. and. So are you familiar at all with this data, with this project? Um, what is it that drew you to Ontario Works as sort of the, the stuff you want to analyze? Well, that's a good question, actually. Um, so when I was applying to this program, I knew that it had a municipal focus. Mm-hmm. So my project had to incorporate both that and my own interests, which right. is social services. So this mm-hmm. really came together well for me. Awesome, awesome. And the data that you're working with is—is is that something that, like, anyone can access, or how do you how do you get access to that data? Where does it come from? So every major university in Canada has what's called the Research Data Center, and okay. that's a direct link to um, Statistics Canada. And so they provide the databases, um, and it's a secure environment. Like, you can't have anything. Um, any electronics with you. You have mm. to go through a process to apply. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and you have to use the software that's on their computer. You can't take anything in or out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the project, um, they have to have to have to have the final say of whether or not um, mm-hmm. they're okay with it because they don't want any identifying information um, about the Canadian public to potentially be exposed. So. Okay. So you said you were looking at, um, like, a, a 
a bunch of data over time from 2003 to 2013. Uh, are there any sort of changes that you're specifically going to be looking for or anything you expect to see in that range of data? It's really hard to see at this point, and I try to shy away from that question. Okay. <laughs> um, but... Because this will be the first time you'll see this data, right? Precisely, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it might, we might see an increase in employment mm -hmm. success just because, so there was a, there's been a, a few shifts in Ontario. So, um, and with so much restructuring in a social services program, we're going to see a lot of changes. Mm. And my interest was, kind of why are they doing this and does it work and why do we keep going back and forth with it right so in the in early 1990s I think it was 95 to be exact under mm -hmm. the Harris government there was what's called a downloading of um, social services to municipalities and so okay. the cost sharing um, was implemented so basically on a 50-50 um, a uh, split for administrative costs and then uh, an 80-20 split for the actual cost of the of the program. Okay. Um, so the 20% the being the municipalities. And so and uh, the employment programs were still funded as fi at 50%. Okay. In 2003, we see another sh shift. Mm -hmm. So we see what's called an uploading back <laughs> okay. to, to the province. And so 2018 actually marks the end of that. So now it's 100% funded by Ontario. However, the employment program still stays the same at 50%. So Interesting. Exactly, yeah. So I was kind of thinking that why do they keep that portion? Is is a local focus more, um, does it meet the needs of the clients better mm -hmm. than maybe a provincial focus? So you, I mean, you've worked in BC and you've worked in Alberta in like similar sort of fields or whatever. So do, is this something that is the case across provinces or does it differ how the social services are administered or funded in different provinces? So Ontario is unique to Canada in the sense that um, they have that municipal split. Okay. Um, so in BC, they have a one province, one team uh, motto that okay. they use. Um, so they have local offices there, but it was still very much a centralized service in terms of employment programs, in terms of how you can access services. Um, everything everything was dealt with on a provincial level. Okay. Um, in Alberta, I wasn't in social services, so I can't speak to that, but okay. um, in, in Ontario, through uh, the preliminary research that I've been doing, um, I can see already that there's there's a high difference. There's a high degree of difference between um, each municipality, which really goes against streamlining services. And I'm not sure um, if that's more effective or not. Mm -hmm. So is it more responsive to client needs or does it give clients in one municipality an advantage as opposed to maybe clients in a different one where the services may be at a different level? Interesting. I imagine that there might be um uh, an interesting sort of uh, secondary stage in this research to look at um, municipalities in a one province, one team model as well, and and then compare those two projects at a late, later stage. Is that something you've ever been interested in pursuing? Or? That that was my first. Um, <laughs> that was my first idea, um, but I can't do a cross jurisdiction jurisdictional comparison because I cannot control for socioeconomic factors. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, out of the scope of a master's thesis. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially in a one-year project. Mm -hmm. So it, keep it in mind for the PhD, perhaps. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so you've been in London now. Uh, when, when about did you arrive in London? August 1st. August 1st. <laughs> and how have you been enjoying your time here so far? I love it. The first place I've been to is Grad Club. <laughs> oh, wow. What a great first impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I hear, uh, in addition to the uni- uniqueness of the Western's MPA program, there were other factors that influenced your decision to come to London. Uh, would you be willing to share any of that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so They better be about me. They are about you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so my wonderful friend, Chantelle, since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that she was here, and uh, it really drew me because she only had wonderful things to say about Western. And our other sister, Christina, also was here for a year, I think, in 2014. 14? Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, and she only had great things to say, so I figured it was my turn. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing as I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with Chantel, I I jumped at the opportunity. So I'm really glad I got accepted. So things just kind of uh, fell into place. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that Elena came when uh, when she when she first called me to tell me that she got accepted. The the very first thing that I did was check the gradcast uh, schedule <laughs> and signed her up for the next available date. That's actually <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's good to have friends. I mean, th- this entire story just brings a tear to my eye. It's, it's very beautiful. It, yeah, it's been a blast to say the least. <laughs> well, besides a grad club, is there anything else uh, about London that you've had a chance to explore that you've been or interested even in? Even in this this side of Canada, from yeah. So uh, my boyfriend and I had the opportunity to uh, drive up to Ottawa and Montreal this past summer. Had you ever been there before? I have not, no. And it was beautiful. I was really impressed with Ottawa. And I'll definitely go back to Montreal. That's a fun city. (laughs) So that was really great. And uh, London, no, it's got a charm to it. So it's much smaller than... anything I'm really used to mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it's it's been wonderful everybody's welcoming and again I mean Western's definitely the f- my favorite university so far and this is number three for me so <laughs> <laughs> all right we're doing something right here yeah definitely <laughs> so as far as municipalities though um, after all this is finished and you have your expertise in in public administration and at the local government level is there any place you uh, would like to end up so yes, there's there's two options for me. I think um, at this point, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, Edmonton is definitely one of them, um, just because my mom is there. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's always good to be close to family. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Vancouver. Um, it's the city I've lived longest in in Canada, and it has my heart. So it would be great to end up in one of those cities. Um, I would like to work for the city. So I think that having this MPA with a local government focus will really give me a leg up. Um, I. I think that it's mostly Ontario that does a lot of the social services side, but right now I'm not really looking for work, so <laughs> six classes is a lot. Um, but uh, definitely doing something um, in the helping profession and uh, seeing our communities thrive is where I'm going to end up. So, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so I know you know you're not that far into your research project yet, but um, if you were to predict, what sort of um, implications? What sort of um, sort of takeaways do you hope to be able to offer once you're finished your research? The problem is is that I'm not determining causality. Okay. So I can't say for certain that one model is better than the other, but I think there's something to be said about um, government doing research and making informed decisions with respect to policy. 
Um, I don't know, and again, I don't want to say anything too controversial, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know that it was um, that much of an informed decision with respect to moving back and forth. Okay. Um, I think, but there's so many other factors, like, again, um, the greater socioeconomic context. Um, we've gone through a recession in that period, maybe even two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see a lot of shifts with respect to assistance rates. Um, I know that in Ontario, the rates have stayed, they've jumped at certain points in time that corresponded with policy changes. And so I wonder um, whether, you know, the Ontario government had looked at, um, looked at these things before um, making these changes back and forth. Actually, I mean, this might drag you into slightly controversial territory, and if so, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but I was wondering, in your past experience working for, for government, and, and based on what you just mentioned, it, has it been your experience that the government does do um, well-informed research or studies that uh, play a, a role in influencing some of the policy decisions that they end up you know, um, putting forth? Well, I think that this is more a question of timelines because government has a fiduciary responsibility to its taxpayers so we do not move as fast as private enterprise Mm. so having said that research and policy implementations have so many levels of approval that sometimes it could take years Mm. to address issues Mm -hmm. and by that time they may not even be relevant anymore. Yeah, and I think it's often the case that the that the people who are who are doing the policy, the research, and the people who are designing the policy, and the people who are on the ground implementing those policies are very rarely the same people. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. Right? Which can cause some perhaps loss of um, of intention behind the ideas, right? Well, we all have a different perspective on it, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, myself as a frontline staff, mm. I, of course, would tend to side with the clients, and mm-hmm. we are supposed to be doing that anyways. Mm-hmm. However, I feel that once that disconnect occurs between uh, public administrators and the decision makers, the politicians who are voted in, increases, that may be lost, okay. that kind of human touch. And so I feel that being a public administrator is really about having that balance between a human and a professional mm-hmm. where we address the needs of both sides as best as possible. I see, I see. And I suppose perhaps it's in the municipal realm that you can keep that link the closest. And that that's exactly my other intention of kind of looking at local government was because of that. Um, working in a provincial body, uh, again, we are so disconnected from the decision makers. However, in in a local setting, uh, the council, the city council, is not that far <laughs> far away. Is right? the decision yeah. maker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as someone who is um, like a, a strong believer in social services and someone who's worked uh, a lot in that field, what is your favorite part about working in social services? Um. So I'm not going to lie, the money was not great. (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely wasn't the paycheck. (laughs) No, no. Um, Honestly, like looking back to uh, the role I had in income assistance, Mm -hmm. um, I really liked the fast-paced nature of the work. And I liked um, working with legislation. But most of all, I really liked helping people. And I liked feeling that I was making a difference. And of course, you don't 
feel that way in every single case. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of part of the other thing that I wanted to address was um, there's different, sorry, when you asked about um, if there's any implications on my research. Right. It's yeah. because with a quanti- qualitative quantitative study, you don't get that human side of things. Right. So it would definitely need to be supplemented by some sort of qualitative work, um, maybe asking assistance clients what helps or hinders when they attend employment service programs, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. sure. One of the things that struck me um, in the, uh, the sort of model of employment success was the two-month uh, close date. Um, and so I'm wondering where that, um, that, that number comes from um, and whether or not, like, the repetition of services is incorporated into, or the need the need for use of services is incorporated in there somehow. I'm not sure I understand the second part of that question, but the first part is um, me neither. Okay. <laughs> so the first part of the question was uh, why the two month mark. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason the reason for that is um, based on prior research, first of all. Okay. And second of all, a lot of times assistance clients will miss a month. So that's that's not enough. No. Yeah, I mean okay. and and if you if you come back before 2 months, let, let's say that they were even employed, mm. but they're not successfully employed if they come back after 2 months, right? Right. So really we're looking at a little bit more data. Some some researchers even look beyond that into mm-hmm. 9 months. Okay. Um I'm kind of still on the side of the 2 month mark. Um but anything beyond that, we're looking at recidivism rates, and that's really out of the scope of my research. I see. So the two-month mug gives you sort of like a, the the largest sort of pool to work with of success kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the problem and a criticism that I've, I've heard, um, some employment programs will favor certain businesses that don't give them sustainable employment. Um, so they're bound to come back. Before that two-month mark, I so see. but that's a subjective sure. uh, opinion. So, I, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I guess one last thing: if people were interested in learning more about the Ontario Works program and the services that it offers, um, where might they be able to find that information? They can find it through their city's website. You can go to the Ministry of Municipal Affairs as well and um, follow the links. But the easiest is just to probably Google Ontario Works and the city that you live in, and it should come right up. Great. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to see where your your research takes you. And I personally am just thrilled to have you you here um, with us. So thank you very much for joining us on GradCast today. And um, GradCast, as I mentioned earlier, is the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. We are aired on Radio Western on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. And we also um, keep all of our episodes on our podcast, which can be found at gradcast.ca. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and our handle is at gradcastradio. And if you're interested in learning more about our show, potentially being a guest on our show, feel free to shoot us an email at gradcastradio at gmail.com. I've been uh, your host, Chantal. I'm Yiman Chen. And we are so grateful to our guest, Elena, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks to all of you for listening, and have a great night. Stay frosty out there.
The Gradcast theme tune has been composed for us by Matthew Becker.